0: Daniel 3, 1 through 18. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold, whose height was 60 cubits and its breadth 6 cubits. He set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then King Nebuchadnezzar sent to gather the satraps, the prefects, and the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then the satraps, the prefects, and the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces gathered for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before that image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and the herald proclaimed aloud, You are commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, you are to fall down and worship the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, as soon as all the peoples heard the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, all the peoples, nations, and languages fell down and worshipped the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Therefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and maliciously accused the Jews. They declared to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever, live forever. You shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Man, a contentious uh, uh, word today on this episode. And, you know, when I said yesterday that I don't know if anyone in the Bible has as complicated a relationship with God um, as Nebuchadnezzar, I mean that. (laughs) Because literally, chapter 2, if you flip back there, the the closing words of chapter 2 are... Nebuchadnezzar saying, truly your God is God of gods and Lord of kings, a revealer of mysteries. And, you know, he gives Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego these high honors because of the power of God at work through them. Uh, You know, specifically through this dream where there is an image, a.k.a., you know, an idol in the image of man um, that is destroyed by this rock that becomes a mountain. And we got into all that yesterday. And literally flip the page. And King Nebuchadnezzar is setting up an image. And, you know, I, th- I find it really interesting. There's all this this imagery, uh, you know, of like, I think a good example is verse seven, where Nebuchadnezzar is kind of set up as this doppelganger of Yahweh, mm-hmm. like of God. Like, and so what I mean, you know, it says all the people's nations language and languages fell down and worshiped Mm -hmm. when we think you know every tribe tongue and nation we think revelation we think the kingdom of god you know when we think of fall down and worship you know my mind kind of goes down to the angels and elders in Mm -hmm. revelation 4 you know every time you know the song begins they fall down and cast their crowns at the feet of god and so there there's a lot of images And, and then in yesterday's reading, Daniel actually calls Nebuchadnezzar the King of Kings. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a lot of images or a lot of language, sorry, that we would associate exclusively with God that uh, Daniel is actually kind of surrounding around Nebuchadnezzar, and Nebuchadnezzar is obviously setting him setting himself up as this God figure, and he even has his own little counterfeit hell, a little uh, you know furnace to incinerate those mm-hmm. who would resist him. So, uh, Greg, we obviously haven't gotten to the meat of the Fiery Furnace story, but, I mean, their response, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's response to this whole thing is so bold. Oh, yeah. So what are your thoughts on everything going on leading up to that conversation and then how they address Nebuchadnezzar himself?
0: I, I mean, I a couple of things come to mind of this passage. I think it's interesting you talk about The the complicated relationship that Nebuchadnezzar has with God and like how through the entire book it's just interesting. (laughs) He's just a very unique character in all of the Bible. This guy just made he's something. (laughs) But in some sense, it's almost like a little as a Christian, it's almost like a little story of your soul and like all the mistakes you can make. Yeah. Right? You know, like like this is a man who was willing to kill all of his counselors because they couldn't interpret a dream for him. Mm. And then when he gets what he wants out of God right? He's like, Oh God's just the greatest. Yeah. And then immediately he turns around and sets up something to worship himself, like an idol to worship himself. Right. And like, obviously we'll see for later on in the book, some of the other things that he does, but I think it is a warning mm. to the individual that like, you can, you know, you can, you can have moments where God gives you, you, you feel like God's giving you what you want. You're like, God's just the greatest. And then you just turn right back around and you build a, you build mm-hmm. an idol of yourself, yeah, uh, and so it's a warning I think to to every human being, but also to the Christian that like don't you know, don't just think that because God answered a prayer and you're happy with him, that you're not that your tendency your your heart's still not sinful. Mm. You can encounter God, right? Nebuchadnezzar encounters God, and he still does not make God Lord of his life. So the idea that like you're semi-familiar with God or semi-familiar, you know, I've, I've, I'm sort of familiar with the Bible or I've been to church a couple of times is not the same thing as knowing God and mm-hmm. worshiping and making more of your life. So one, I think that's an interesting, like Nebuchadnezzar's story is a warning to us all. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that um, the, you know, I think two things about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The The first thing is that what an encouragement this story is to all the Christians to every person of faith who comes after. And I particularly think of, you know, we you know we talked uh, yesterday about the Roman Empire and sort of the coming of, of Christ and and yeah. the building of a new kingdom. Think of all the Christians in the early Roman Empire who were, uh, you know, Caesar was regarded as divine. He was regarded as God mm-hmm. and they were ordered to worship. And one of the big issues with Christianity in the early Roman Empire was they wouldn't worship Caesar. Mm-hmm. And that this is a great example of this is not the first time that people have gotten God have been asked to bow down to a ruler totally. and said, no. Mm-hmm. And I think what that leads into is the boldness of their response and the nature of it. Like these guys, they don't mince words. They're not like, well, you know, like, let's talk a little bit about yeah. how we can like come to an accommodation. Now there's a funny story that uh, when Caesar was made uh, considered divine, that there were rabbinical commentaries on whether you know they would march you through town and you would bow down in front of his, his statue to make sure you know you were yeah worshiping caesar yeah and so there was rabbinical commentary in in the early like first or second century about whether it was okay to tie your sandals in front of the statue to caesar <laughs> the idea of being like you know you're not really bound down to but just sort of that you're like yeah, you find a way to if get by to right like, yeah, yeah like, exactly lowering like, yeah, my physical posture just, right in other words in the like same yeah. proximity as right, the statue. Yeah. don't get yourself killed but at the same time you're not really bound down right yeah there's like a there's like a let's find a middle ground let's That's find funny. a way to like make this work and they don't even try Mm-hmm. Like they don't come for like, well, you know, maybe there's a way we could set up a second statue. Yeah. If maybe, I
1: drop a shekel when right, the song comes right. on and have to bend down and pick it up. They're just yeah.
0: like, we're not bowing down. Yeah. And then they point to God and say, our God can rescue us from fire furnace." But even if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow down. Mm-hmm. There's no compromise in them. And I think that, um, and I'm not saying that Christians shouldn't be prepared to compromise on all kinds of, you know, I- issues in life. Yeah. But I do think there is a moment when mm-hmm you're faced with idolatry. You're faced with a decision or a thing that pulls you away from God, that asks you to worship it, that there is no room for compromise. Mm. And that the rest in that compromise is not that you're like a steely person or you've got a lot of backbone, but it's, that it's com- their complete confidence in who God is. That whether mm. he rescues us or not, our trust lies completely in God. And I think that as a Christian, when we're all faced with temptations, we're all faced with things that want to, the, the choices where something wants to pull your, devotion away from God and that this is a clear message that you should rely completely on him mm-hmm. and that you don't need to worry about compromising you don't even need to worry about being rescued you just need to be worried about putting your faith in God and I think that's such an incredible encouragement as a Christian
1: absolutely you know so Shadrach Meshach and Abednego they they are in a high position of honor in Babylon uh because of you know yesterday's story mm-hmm. of you know the God of Israel uh, being this means of clarity and prophecy to Nebuchadnezzar. And in today's story, you know, we've seen that Nebuchadnezzar clearly has gotten a little fuzzy on the details of the whole, and, and we don't know how much time has passed, you know, maybe it's been years or weeks or, you know, who knows. But what is really striking to me is I, I would imagine Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are very marked by that moment mm. in their life. And, you know, I think one of the striking things about the book of Daniel is that God is not in any of the places where you would necessarily expect him. He He's not in the temple when, when the dwelling place of God in Israel is raided and they're taking out furniture and, and goods. God is not in the temple defending the temple, Mm -hmm. but he actually shows up in Babylon. And he's actually in the bedchambers of Nebuchadnezzar, you know, speaking to him in a dream. Mm -hmm. And we're going to find out tomorrow that, you know, he's not outside the fiery furnace preventing all these circumstances, but he's actually going to be in the furnace. And so the places where God is found are very unexpected. And I think that should be a great comfort to us. And Mm -hmm. we can talk more about that tomorrow but shadrach meshach and abednego they their memory of god's character mm-hmm. and his might through this dream episode it has clearly shaped them yeah so much so that they can look at a furnace a physical fire furnace and say yeah god can deliver us out of that and even if he doesn't we trust him and Nebuchadnezzar, who lived through the same story with, you know, even more so than them, like it was his dream, he he's forgotten the character of God and the might of God. Mm-hmm. And I think the important thing to see here, you know,' I've, I've been talking to a few people about just the nature of faith and, and walking with God. And it's like believing in God and walking with God are not the same thing mm. because we can encounter the truth of God. And we can, you know, set our intellect on those things yeah. and not have faith that God is good and that he is our deliverer. And this is the difference, is you know, is your life uh marked by, you know, these momentary interactions with God, like Nebuchadnezzar? You know, he has these, he has these very powerful interactions with God. We're gonna have another one tomorrow mm-hmm. where he he has encounters God and says, oh my gosh, like what God is like this? And then, you know, we'll see if it sticks. Spoiler alert, it doesn't. (laughs) Or, you know, will you encounter God's goodness, his saving power, and then trust him Mm -hmm. as Daniel does, as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego do? And I think that's sort of the question, one of the questions of the book of Daniel is, you know, are you going to be Nebuchadnezzar or are you going to be these
0: men? That's awesome. It you know it reminds me of uh, something that Christians have sung for centuries, which is "Here I raise my Ebenezer, mm. hither by Thy help I've come." Yeah, and the Ebenezer, right, being this stone, this sign you raise, like a physical sign mm-hmm. that I've only gotten this far because of God. And when you talk about being marked, mm. right, walking with God, any any Christian who spent any time with God, you can look back over your life and be like, I've seen what God has done in uh-huh. my life. I'm like, I'm changed by it. Uh-huh. Right. Completely changed. Absolutely. And I feel like we sing that line and sometimes, you know, the language is older and people don't really, what you're saying is like, you've raised a sign yeah. to say, God has brought me this yeah. far. Not just, I, you know, there's an intellectual belief, but like, no, 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 I have, I am putting something up in the physical world that says, God has only gotten me this far. And these guys, in a sense, this is them saying, I've only gotten this far because of God. And I will, only I will only go as far as he will take me. And therefore I will, my, myself in his hands. I just think that's incredible.
1: Absolutely. It is yeah. incredible. So that's a good question to, to just think on and close on. And you know, even as we are all, if we having, you know, gospel conversations with, with friends mm-hmm. and family, a great diagnostic question is, you know, are you like Nebuchadnezzar where you're living towards your next, you know, big interaction with God, or are you like Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel, where you are trusting in who God has proved himself to be to yeah, you. Yeah. So for Greg Conley, this is Will Carlisle, really enjoying the book of Daniel and hope you are too. We'll see you tomorrow on our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant. And Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's word.